0: Welcome to the Retail Podcast, brought to you by MarketScale. I'm your host, Elmer Guardado. Have you noticed more and more pop-up shops in your neighborhood? Have you wondered how they work or what kind of value they might provide a brand? We did too. So we sat down with Melissa Gonzalez, CEO of the Lioness Group, to break down the science behind seasonal retail offerings. Melissa is also going to speak on why pop-up shops are now more viable than ever, how they can provide crucial quantifiable data, and we're going to talk about her most recent client who opened up a shop in New York City. How you doing, Melissa? Um, I'm good, how are you? I'm good, I'm good. So Melissa, just to get everyone on the same page, I think a good starting point would be to just talk about the, the Lioness Group and how that came to be and how you ended up joining that team.
1: Absolutely, so the Lioness Group, we are experiential retail strategists and pop-up architects. I started the company in fall of 2009 after leaving Wall Street and wanting to pursue more creative endeavors. To be honest, I, I didn't leave Wall Street thinking I was going to start um, an, an agency and, and focus on pop-ups, but there was a serendipitous opportunity that fall with a family who owned real estate in Midtown, and instead of renting it out for a standard long-term lease, they wanted to do something more creative with the space and asked if I was interested in partnering with them. So it was good timing in that I had time. Um, I left Wall Street in, in good terms and had a little bit of a nest egg and was at a point in my life where I could experiment and and be creative. And we did four pop-ups that fall, fall of 2009. And one of those brands is still a client today doing pop-ups with us. And also she has a couple of uh, permanent stores. And so um, it was just this great opportunity where I was able to bring my right and left brain together and you know my business background, but with my desire for creativity. And the business has evolved since then.
0: And I think it's interesting now, too, because we are seeing more and more of of these pop-up shops, right? Just generally, I think they're becoming more popular. So I I wonder, from what you see, is there a reason they've become more popular? Is it just people finally getting hip to the idea that seasonal retail is is an option? or, or, Or what do you see?
1: I think that there's a lot of things happening. I mean, the seasonality always will exist with, with certain businesses. I mean you, the perfect example of that is you know the Halloween stores and the the holiday stores where it doesn't make sense. You know, Ricky's is, is known for doing tons of pop-ups into Halloween season. So that will always continue to exist. But what you're seeing is more of a shift of of digital brands, knowing that e commerce is a great Distribution channel for them, but there are certain things that you can't deliver online and a physical space does that and so they might not want to do it Year-long they might want to tie it into a new product launch. They might want to do it to test a new city um, They want, might want to do it to announce a new collaboration um, They might want to do it to learn more about their customers. So understanding that physical has a bigger purpose than just transactions. I think that's become more and more a top of mind for brands, both brands and retailers. And so you know, for us, client client reasons, you know, their goals really range. Sales is always a part of it, but it's how do we increase brand awareness and mind share? You know, what are we going to do to educate and immerse clients in our product offering? How are we going to use physical to fill in the gaps of the things we can't answer online? Um, you know, and th- it's really like that touch, feel, and an immersive opportunity. And then there's a lot of integration of technology in the store now to create that endless aisle experience. So just a continued evolution, you know, and physical isn't going away. But for a lot of brands, especially digital natives that were born, you know, online first before they go ahead and commit to something for five to 10 years, they want to test and see what's working first and then make some educated decisions based on that information.
0: Yeah, I, I I knew the brand awareness was definitely a factor that that helped out here, but I had never thought about the you know data collection that can happen during this this time. So that's also another interesting thing that keeps it interesting, I suppose. Right, like it, it gives them something to learn about and. and, and what their products are, are, are might do like online later.
1: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. There's so many opportunities to learn now with technology integration, so everything from door counters to heat mapping, uh, digital touch screens that monitor you know what, just like online, what are you clicking, but then also salespeople and brand ambassadors are an opportunity for qualitative data collection and understanding not only from sensors, how many times a top is brought to the dressing room, but then talking to your salespeople and saying, well, this top was brought to the dressing room ten times, we only sold it once. Do you know why? And so it's a really great opportunity to then take those learnings to make smarter merchandising and marketing decisions going forward.
0: So what once you have a new client, what kind of conversations are you having with them in regards to their brand and, and, and the kind of story they want to tell with a pop up shop? Like what what kind of possibilities do you do you see people not realizing immediately and, and you having to kind of elaborate on.
1: Yes, I think that sometimes it's still uh, a little bit eye-opening of how much you can learn from opening a store. So always guiding that and and, and also make, making sure that it's not just you know the, the customer flow. I think a lot of brands are still kind of learning or making sure that they take into consideration that, especially if you're a digital brand first, look back at all the analytics you've been collecting and make sure that you're, you, like, you're using that information as part of your thought process as to what you're going into a physical. Like, what does your average customer path look like online? You know, um, is it usually two clicks to buy? Is it five? Where are they spending the most time? You know, where do you think they're falling off in the funnel? Um, what, what geographies are they coming from? So really, I think, taking the time to realize that we actually know a lot before we go into physical and a lot of that information to inform our decisions as to what cities make the most sense, you know, what footprint makes the most sense, what kind of experience you want to incorporate into the store outside of just selling them a product and so that's something that we're always guiding um, and then you know, thinking through how are we gonna use the store potentially not just to drive sales but Also, maybe build more of a community. I mean, that's what's happening on socials, right? Uh, You build this online community on your Instagram. You can do that in store, too. I think there's a lot of great examples, especially like in the athleisure market, where you see that happening, where, you know, um, Bandier or Lululemon, or here in Hoboken, there's a... there's a, 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 shoe, a store that sells sneakers, but they have a running club, right? And the more you create this sense of community around your store, the more people de- develop an emotional connection to your brand. And I might not need sneakers or leggings or shoelaces every day, but I'm more likely to think of your brand when I do because I have a different sort of connection to you than just you sell products
0: right and that's so valuable today just because there are so there's so much competition amongst different kinds of products and different kinds of services there's no sort like shortage of of what you need or or what you want so getting that that intimate personal connection that community building and and that user experience down is is key and i think we're hearing that from almost everyone in the retail industry so i think it's good that people are starting to get hip to it but there definitely are still some that are I guess, hesitant to move forward.
1: hmm Yeah, I think there's a lot of questions that brands try to wrap their head around when it comes to ROI with pop-ups still. And so I think that causes some of those hesitations. And so people always ask me, what, you know, what how do you think of ROI and what, how do you measure success? And it is different for every brand because they have different goals and different metrics they want to hit. But I always say, if, if you can at least break even and then you have all those ancillary benefits of, of all the learnings to make smarter merchandising and marketing decisions to having built a community that you now can continue that conversation online or via email marketing. Um, and then the, the, the effect that you see to an increase in sales over the next one or two quarters um, is all important ROI for, for a company as part of their investment in doing a pop-up store.
0: I wanna talk about one of your most recent projects, right? Just yesterday, you opened up a, a new shop, right? Jarlsburg Cheese. Can we talk about some of the, the, the nuances of that and just use some examples from from there? How did that come to be and how long is that process? How long were you working on that until opening day?
1: Sure, yeah, we started working with them um, mid June, I believe. And so it was great. We don't normally get that much leeway. So we had like a good three months. And that's always what we ask for, but not usually what we get. We usually get more like six to eight weeks. But because they were so forward thinking and and saying, you know, we want to do this, it really gave us the opportunity to say, let's really focus on the the, the story and the educational elements and how we're gonna factor that in and make sure everything's balanced. You know, they have one product, right? And so it's the product is the hero, but it's like, what are the questions we really need to answer? Girlsberg is interesting, too, because they really made a push into their u s. marketing strategy over the past year with digital initiatives. You know they saw that their core customers becoming was was getting older, and so how do we capture the millennials? And so their digital marketing strategy started earlier in the year, and they've been really listening to what those conversations of line have been, what people are responding to, um, you know what kind of influencers are people getting engaged with what 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 are the when it came to Jarlsberg cheese, like what kind of information were people searching for? You know, a lot of times people were trying to understand, um, you know, what, is it, how, what does it mean to be like a vegan cheese or what does non-GMO mean? And and so we made sure that all of those answers uh, were part of the education in the pop-up store as well. And so I think taking that holistic approach is really smart. And then, you know, when you think about cheese, it's not just a product, it's you know, it's inherently experiential for taste, but also food and eating and dinner parties. Like that's that's such an important part of people's lives and develops an emotional connection as well. And so them partnering with the chef was really important, um, with the cheese blogger who designs beautiful spreads that you can have at your friend's dinner or your next you know, your friend's next baby shower and really inspiring people through that and making sure that we work that in as well. And then the third element, where does it come from? So, you know, you see the swing and there's a backdrop of the farm with the cow and you can kind of swing into it and, you know, um, we joked around like for the next pop up, maybe we can actually have people like step in the, the grass and, and see how the, you know, the milk and the cheese and everything's made. But, but that's the kind of stuff, right? Because then people see it's beyond the product you sell. You can buy buy Yarlsberg and Whole Foods or Trader Joe's or King Supermarket as a product. And, you know, maybe there's tastings, and I think people expect that when it comes to food items, but they took it a step further, and let's make sure we're really educating and really answering the questions that people are searching for online. And if, you know, we're trying to cl- capture more of that millennial market, um, what, what what are they going to be excited by, and, and how do, you know, we know that it's a... a we're in a society where social currency means a lot, so there's a social currency aspect to it as well. And if you take a picture and you post it on socials with a hashtag, you know you get a complimentary gift from uh, from the company. So all of those elements were really important for us to incorporate in their pop up store.
0: Yeah, and I think it's interesting because we are, you know, to tie it into social media and and, and the kind of products we use, it. It, that that's the approach everyone has to take now right this holistic approach where just being a part of someone's life isn't enough anymore because the moment you're just a passive part of someone's life the moment an aggressive brand comes in that you know that's going to shift so i think it's interesting that this is even affecting you know a, a, a food pop-up like that that that's what's interesting it's not i think normally we would we think of pop-ups and we think of clothing right but in, in, in this approach, you definitely do need to create a user experience that that is not only convincing, but also, you know, meaningful. So 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 how long is this pop up going to be up?
1: So this one's going to be open till October 7th. Um, but, you know, th- this is also their first foray into it. So assuming success, that there'll be more to come.
0: On average, what do you see people wanting to try out at first, like lengthwise?
1: I think that uh, two two weeks is usually the minimum, unless we're working with a brand who um, is very established in kind of um, like a Marc Jacobs uh, Daisy fragrance or we did Sally Hansen nail polish or... Um, brands like that where it's really about product giveaways. You know, you're announcing something new, there's some sort of call to action and you're not really selling anything. It's more of an event. So those tend to be like three to four days. But when you're doing a pop-up and you're testing, I mean, usually two weeks is the minimum. We usually guide if people can do at least a month. And then for those that are really testing the viability of a long-term lease, they're usually looking to do three to six months. You get a solid season or two in there of data to really understand, you know, is this financially viable in the longer term?
0: Well, Melissa, thank you so much for being so candid with me and, and for joining us this morning.
1: Yes, it was great speaking with you.
0: Thank you for listening to today's podcast. If you'd like to find out more or listen to previous episodes, you can go to marketscale.com industries and subscribe to articles, podcasts, and video content for your favorite industries. I'm your host, Elmer Guardado. Have a good day.